Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Greg Duty. <laughs> and I am rolling nuts. <laughs> I like to get a laugh out of Calvin in the first five seconds. <laughs> I am Francis Hall. I was thinking about this recently, that the biggest children's show from 1947 to 1960 was Howdy Doody, and it took place in Dutyville. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now that I actually didn't know. It, the, the, the setting of the town was Dutyville. Dutyville. Really? And get up close to the mic this week. Nancy was telling me about that. Uh, and it had this... Uh, this this creepy Clarabelle clown <laughs> that never talked. And the reason Clarabelle didn't talk is because they didn't have very much of a budget. And when and there's a different pay scale for when when you're on screen and when you're talking on screen. That has changed. Uh, I know that because a commercial that I did for UPS, I didn't talk in the commercial. But I still got the same rate as everybody else because it has to do with there are four or less people on screen and there was a close up and reaction stuff like they, they realize that when you react, when you do things that that does that does count nonverbal communication counts. Oh, absolutely. It's it's still a part of acting, you know? Yes, actually, both big commercials I was in, I, don't, I think I didn't talk in either of them. It's all reaction stuff. I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I haven't really done a whole lot of acting. Oh, I'm Calvin Williams, by the way. I didn't get. I'm Francis Hall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was getting ready to say um, like you taking like as being an actor is really hard. It's like taking direction and being able to like evoke that specific like a specific re, uh, a specific emotion on cue like that's hard <laughs> that is very hard that is very hard and I, I wanted to mention get, getting back to uh, remedy for a minute uh, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't put the work in by saying that I had I had uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now. I was doing it all off the cuff. None of the lines were written in advance. Oh, Adlib, yeah. Uh, but I actually did a tremendous lot of work for that character. I really got to know who he was, um, and his whole backstory, and uh, how he moved, why he said the things he said. You know, that this sad, pathetic man whose whose wife doesn't love him, and just mm -hmm. goes off and has these wild fantasies that you know can't come true. Right. Uh, but 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 you, you feel for the guy because because you because because he's really he's sad. And so when he goes off on his fantasies, you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. It's never going to happen, but good, go I mean, ahead. I mean, he was definitely a guy that you could root for. Uh-huh. Even with his interesting taste in, in, in women. <laughs> like, the first time I saw, uh, first time I saw Remedy, like, like, you're... Your specific scene, like really, <laughs> like what, like your your scene and 
the uh, the out of town businessman scene were like the two scene, like the two scenes that really stuck out for me because of how they were acted. And like those are those are scenes that I went back to watch again because there were a lot of nuances. And in your case, like a lot, <laughs> a lot of like a lot of interesting ticks and uh, um, comments that your character had <laughs> that I wanted to I wanted to go back and uh, it, uh, catch the second time around. Like the first time around is kind of a shock. The second time around, you that's when you kind of start getting to know him and like understand why he's a, a, a little eccentric <laughs> <laughs> uh nancy texted me improvised that's the word i was looking for ah improvised yes yeah improvised but but with a ton of work a ton of work beforehand dutyville <laughs> <laughs> and and the censors had no problem with this yeah, didn't duty mean the same fucking thing in 1947 as it does now? I I I I thought I I could be wrong though. <laughs> I mean, as many times as my uh as my grandmother's uh my grandmother's uh got on me about saying the word duty, so <laughs> uh huh. It had it to have meant. Me, oh, go ahead. It, it took me about I'd say two hours to come up with. What what name goes? What's what's the best for for duty? Let's see, Bert Duty. Nah, for some reason, Greg. Greg Duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Paul Duty, and I don't know why. <laughs> In a strange way, I understand why. <laughs> I can't explain it, but it just makes sense. <laughs> I think it's the two hard G's to accentuate the two hard D's. Greg Duty. <laughs> like just just a lot of emphasis there. <laughs> getting back to and I'm gonna I do want to talk more about acting in a little while. Um but getting back to last week I, I started feeling a little bad about the Allen Fund is an asshole thing because it's like what if he just had a hard day? But then I was then I was like, but the, then the crew wouldn't have acted the way they did, where they kept going, hey, come, come on, come on, say it again, say it again, kid. Alan Fund is an asshole. <laughs> ah! Well, I looked it up. Alan Fund was an asshole, and and he knew he was an asshole. <laughs> I read this article about a guy that worked for him, mm-hmm. and and he he even uses the word asshole. Let me, I, I, I took a screenshot of the clip where he uh, says asshole. Give me a second and I'll, and I'll bring that up. Okay. I can't take any more of Funt's bullshit. I got a job producing segments on a science show for NET. It's a, for a lot less money, but it's better than that. Uh, Dang. <laughs> He took a pay oh, yeah. cut to get But rid- I had too much pride to quit in the middle of a project, even if my boss was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's, he's about to quit his job. He comes up into Alan Funt's office, and he tells him he quits. And, and Alan, is, Alan gets real serious, and, and he says something like, you know, uh, look, I pay people more than anyone else because I know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
And I swear, I swear, we really need you for this. I'll, I will leave you alone. I will let you do this show exactly the way you want to do it. But please, please stay on. And he did stay on. And Funt did leave him alone. But it's really nice to know that, you know, I don't have anything to apologize for from last week. Or at least at least for that part. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's some real honesty right there, like for Alan Funt to be so upfront in say, <laughs> in saying I pay people as much as I do because I know what I'm, what I'm like. Yep. He's a self-aware asshole. I mean, that's better that's better than all the other assholes out there. But then much like my character in Remedy, there was something else that humanized him. He said, uh, he also said to this guy that, uh, you know, people come up to me, they expect me to be this happy person that, uh, that they see on television that's smiling and laughing, and the truth is I'm not happy, and I've never been happy. I'm like, damn. Man, that's heavy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alan. <laughs> but only somewhat. Mm hmm. Didn't change the fact that he was still an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he at least we know he is human. Yes. Yes. I didn't know whether or not you would know howdy doody. Oh, I'm, I mean, I, I'm, I'm too, I'm too young to have uh, seen it while it was on, but I, but my mom, my mom watched it growing up. Um, a friend of mine was, uh, was uh, talking the other day how, about one of her mom's favorite shows was Howdy Doody <laughs> growing up. And so like, I, like, I don't know a whole lot about it, but. I know. Well, I know the puppet is a creepy ginger. I was, yeah, I was going to read, like, mention the creepy ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> <laughs> like, why were, why were ventriloquist dummies so creepy back then? They were so creepy. <laughs> like, guys, frightening. <laughs> I know. I know. He had uh, 48 freckles. One for each state at the time in the United States. That's a huh. fun fact. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clarabelle did say, uh, did speak once on the on the last episode in 1960 for the final frame. He said, goodbye, kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Two weeks I'm... later, he killed himself. I'm sorry, I made that up. That's oh. not funny. <laughs> bad. That's so bad. The suicidal <laughs> clown. I mean, I knew he was a sad clown, sad, sad clown but damn. <laughs> Let's get a little music going on here. Uh, I just had 1970s powerful women singers in my head this week. I'd like to start with uh, Lady Marmalade. And this was written by, let me get my, my glasses on. This was written by 
uh, Bob Crew and uh, Kenny Duty. I'm sorry, Kenny Nolan. It was a. Uh, there's a. It was covered. A lot of people know the the 2001 cover by Christina Aguilera, Maya Pink, and Little Kim for Moulin Rouge. But there's also a cover in 1998 by All Saints. If you haven't heard that, you really should. It's awesome. But I like the original. Patty LaBelle, 1974. Do you have it uh, queued up for us? Yep, got it ready. Lady Marmalade.
Sometimes the original is still the best. Oh, absolutely. Like, you, I mean, you hear, you, like, you hear a lot of cover songs, and they're fantastic, but then you, then you uh, hear the original, especially ha after not hearing it for such a long time, and <clears throat> especially when some of the, some of the, like, little nuances come through, like, Patti LaVelle's voice in this song, she, like, she just tears it up in this song. Yeah, she <laughs> does. It's absolutely incredible. And just just a ran just random thing that I like randomly heard. At one point I heard I heard a I heard a synthesizer in there, which surprised me, especially for like I guess I mean I don't think I I really don't think about like synth like synthesized sounds in like R and B and soul until like more towards the eighties, but like it was just a just a little bit of synth bass that like bumped up uh bumped up the uh the uh, electric bass, and I was like, "All right." Like the musician in me was like, "Hey, that's cool." <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, really nice drum work too. Yes, excellent drum work. But yeah, it's it's her voice it just soars in those high notes. Yes, there's nobody like her. <laughs> no, is she still around? Yep, uh, Patty Labelle's still very much around. I am glad to hear that. I am very glad to hear that. So let's. Uh, I think. I think we did. We did uh, enough silly to open the show and a, and a good strong song. And uh, you wanted to talk a bit about your Aunt Ketty's service. Yes. Um. Um. My my Aunt Ketty. Uh, her funeral was uh, this past Monday, and um, just as just as kind of the custom these days i watched over watched it over zoom and i i that's a that's a that's a thought for another day i like i'm glad i was able to see it but watching it over zoom feels feels like i have a lot of feelings about it but um There were a lot of things that were going like going through my head throughout her funeral. Um, one of the things that really that kind of struck me, like the the funeral home where the where the um, service took place, was actually the same um, funeral home where um, um, my family did the funeral for uh, my aunt last year. Uh, my aunt last. Uh, uh, passed uh, another aunt passed away almost a year ago, um, due to COVID, and kind of memories of memories of that started kind of flooding in. Uh, these were both like these were both women that were married to my uncle, and so I'm sure it was a lot a lot for him dealing with both of those, and. I wish I could have been. I wish I could have been there for him, cause he he looked he just looked so so lost. It was it was really it was really it was really sad, but a real overall it was a really beautiful funeral. Um, lot a lot of uh, some of my family members, a lot of hers, uh, had a chance to be there, and everybody had such beautiful words for for my aunt, and. Like I knew, I I knew my aunt was a, a registered nurse, but I had no idea, like her, like her 
scholastic uh, her scholastic credits like this was an absolutely brilliant woman but she was but she was so humble she just downplayed it and just made sure like made sure that uh she did what she had to do and just made sure that everybody was like well taken care of like that made me man that made me admire her even more i'm sorry i didn't know that while she was around like she's this made me like just kind of solidified what an incredible woman she was <laughs> and, you know, yeah, uh, Zoom Zoom services are not as obviously not as personal, yeah. but there are some advantages. Like family, I don't know if family in Haiti did attend, but that can happen. Yes. You know, there there those. That's I'm trying to give a little bit of a bright side to yeah. to the Zoom uh, memorials because because there there are sure have been a lot of them this year, yeah. hundreds of thousands. Half over half a million, yeah, in America alone. Right, right. And the the bright spot, uh, the bright bright spot about um, having that Zoom service was the fact that her two children were able to see it because they weren't able to attend because they're both in Canada. There you go. Yeah. So, um, I know her her son was incredibly grateful that uh, every that. Uh, they were able to arrange everything and he was able to kind of get that like one last goodbye that he wasn't able to, wasn't able to get in person so in that respect i'm i am i'm incredibly grateful for that one drawback other than the impersonal i it's sometimes people can be a little inappropriate <laughs> i'm sure that didn't happen with your service but I I uh, was what I was attending one with uh, Lucas hmm. earlier this year. Not and it was it was somebody who had who had passed from an overdose, and and this one guy comes on and he rolls a joint, and he's like me and let's make up a name Kenny. Me and Kenny we used to party all the time, and he was just a great guy to party with, and, and he lights it up. And he's like this one's for you, Kenny, and I'm like dude. What are you doing? Like we got to get. And I, I was like, Lucas, I think we need we need to get off of this before someone fucking shoots up. This is for you, Kenny. <laughs> awesome. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck like, are you doing? Like the lack of foresight that a lot of people have in in situations like this is just staggering. <laughs> right. <laughs> <sighs> but. Thankfully, thankfully, uh, with with uh, with this uh, Zoom service, everybody who was watching had their cameras and mics automatically shut off. So you couldn't um, like nobody who was um, attending virtually could say could like say anything for better or worse. Could have that probably would have been something that would have worked out at the uh, the, the Zoom service that uh, you and Lucas attended. Good grief! <laughs> <laughs> so <Okay>. wrong, <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> uh, did 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 it bring some? Well, it you you did mention that you learned some things about Aunt Hetty that you didn't know before. Yeah. Uh, things that made you appreciate her even more if you. It seemed uh, uh, 
Did it bring a little bit more closure? Yeah, it it uh, it definitely brought it definitely brought some closure. It uh, um, one thing that I think really struck everybody, like now that she's gone, it it really hit home to everybody, like how much she loved everybody and how much she she stuck her neck out for people. A one of her one of her nieces toward the end. She um um I know this niece. Uh, she and I are she and I are pretty cool, but like our uh, she talked about how she just like rolled up on uh, rolled up on my uh my aunt Katie and my uncle Luther um one night with two duffel bags saying hey I need a place to stay, and Katie just was like. <sighs> Come on, <laughs> and, took, <laughs> and and took care of her, fed her, fed her, took care of um, whatever she needed. But uh, uh, the niece looked back and just, re- just realized how much she took advantage of uh, Ketty's kindness, and how much she cared for her family, and never, never reciprocated and as was the case for a, a lot of friends and family and so this a, her heart was really really heavy at that at that moment and just really understanding what uh what an, what an absolute incredible person her um her aunt was to be able to like to just give unconditionally and and even even when she got absolutely nothing back, she still continued to give unconditionally. And so she real like she realized that she'll probably never meet anybody like that again. In the, like it's very rare. It's very it's not likely that she'll find somebody like that in her life. And she's just so sorry that she didn't really get a chance to show her appreciation and i think that's one of the things a lot of us really felt during that service like she loved each and every one of us and um fortunately a lot of people in my family were able to reciprocate and show love um i wish i could have wish i could have done a little more i wish i wish i had uh visited a little more at the very least you know but one thing i'm very happy about I had to go uh uh go over to uh uh their house to uh, take care of something for my uncle but I got to see uh Katie one last time before she passed and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Uh, just a lot of a lot of emotions and it was just I mean I was okay for the uh weeks before but after after that service it it all just like the the morn that was really when the morning started because it I think that was when when it really hit me and so ended up <laughs> ended up having to take the day off from work the uh, the next day because my heart was just still so incredibly heavy after that but I was able to get out of the house and uh like say I got went over to Prospect Park and uh reflected for a few hours. It was it was really nice. 
I'm glad you got to have such a, a good relationship with her, though. I really am. Uh, and I, and again, very, very, very sorry for your loss. Uh, it's wow. It is that time. Folks, you're listening to a safe space radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit 501c3 corporation, and uh, we could really use your help. We do. We we like many small businesses lost a lot of money this year. We were not able to rent out the studio for podcasts, which is where we get a, a good amount of our income that uh, that went away. Uh, and also our, our drive to five campaign uh, did not perform as well as it did because a lot of people were, you know, trying looking out for themselves. I don't blame you. I right. don't blame you at all. Uh, but we're, we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you got a little bit extra something you can give please go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate and uh, give what you can we we accept any any amount at all and you can write that shit off exactly. and do uh calvin if you'd be so kind as to read our copy uh, absolutely want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, City Running Tours. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods in full tour schedule, check out their website at cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. And make sure you check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. at instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. And you said you had a song that you wanted to play this week. Oh, yes. Uh, it was actually, actually a song that... I heard on a different a different show here on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. <clears throat> I I happen to be uh, listening in to the to the DMZ, which was which is a fantastic uh, music uh, music variety show uh, here on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I I heard a song that really caught my attention and caught my attention even more when I. Uh, heard who it was and it just so happens that this is uh, this is a song that came out in the 70s uh the name of this track is hit or miss by Odetta. yes wow thank you <laughs> so we're gonna listen to that right now Sucker! 
be me, baby, hit or miss. Sitting here all by myself, trying to be everybody else. Can you see? Hey, I gotta be me. be me, baby, hit or miss, look at you sitting there, all by yourself, listening to everybody, everybody say, be everybody else, can't you see, you gotta be Thank you for that, Calvin. I really appreciated that. I really appreciated that. that that's an Odetta song I hadn't heard before. I can't hear you. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was from uh, Odetta Sings. That was... <clears throat> can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, from 1970. I, I. I didn't get a chance to uh, listen to too many other songs, but fanta- fantastic, fantastic album from uh, what I was able to hear so far. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, may take some time tomorrow and just uh, chill out and listen to the rest of it. I I think, I think uh, just that song, the message on that was pretty clear and something uh, very, very meaningful to me, just... Gotta be me, hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell you from uh, from experience, 
uh, when I when I first met her, it was uh, taking a workshop that she was presented at Simon's Rock, and it was a very small group of people. And uh, she she's a wonderful teacher, and you can see that in her music too that she teaches in her music. Yep, I just absolutely love that song, <laughs> and just from a like from a from a songwriter standpoint, so from, from a musical standpoint musical standpoint that was it was it was laid back but it was super funky too yes yeah <laughs> and and yeah that's another thing she's 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 so she's so great in so many different genres you know she got to be known as a folk singer but uh you know if you ever heard her doing uh, spiritual music not to say folk music is not spiritual, it certainly is, but uh, and 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 then this, which is more along the lines of uh, what what would you describe? Kind of I funk, almost. Was, yeah, it was it it was is basically like folk funk, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> folk funk. I like that. I never I never would have never would have uh, never would have imagined uh, hearing those two together, but it worked. But Odetta made it work beautifully. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I saw Coming to America yesterday. Ooh. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It is good. Oh, man. I'm not going to say anything about it other than, you know, I mean, with with the cast that they had mm -hmm. and and it's 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 really great it's really great uh but i will talk a little bit about the first film okay since i'm assuming anyone who wants to see that who wanted to see that already has there won't be any spoilers here right. uh i was taking advantage of some of the offerings on television for black history month and i started with coming to america and at first i was i was i was like why is this a black history month movie and then when i saw it again i remembered oh yeah duh uh, it, it shows so many in so many areas of, of of black culture it's everything from from uh from african royalty to a barbershop in queens yep. uh to uh, 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 uh the black church a black church a restaurant owner mm -hmm. you know um just every, every, just so many aspects of uh, of of culture, and they pay homage to uh, the another th another thing that that was on television recently was the original Roots, mm. um, which I also uh, recorded and watched. Uh, it's, it's of course it's not easy viewing, but it's it it holds up today uh the remake i didn't rewatch yet but i have seen it and it is also incredible so anyway as as many people know john amos played the adult kunta kinte and also played uh the uh mr mcdowell yep in coming to america and so in the barber shop they keep calling uh eddie murphy kunta kinte <laughs> <laughs> that was one way they played homage, but another way, which if you don't watch the two series back to back, you might not pick up on it. When uh, when Eddie Murphy's character is 
lying uh, about what he does in his country to uh, Lisa, I think the name of the woman was, yeah. when he's lying, she asked him what he does, and he said that he's he's a goat herder. Kunta Kinte was a goat herder. Ah. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, that, now that's got to be more than coincidence. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course, that's not coincidence. <laughs> a nice subtle, uh, nice subtle homage. I like that. Yes. <laughs> if, and you, if, if, I don't think unless you, I think it was watching them back to back that got me to pick up on that. Mm. So that, that's an interesting little take on it. Oh, really good movie. You got, you, you, you. I almost wish I didn't watch it on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch it again, though. They did a great job. Really great job. Awesome. I am happy to hear that. Yeah, sequels are hard, too, you know, oh, especially yeah. when, when a film is, I mean, this is 33 years later. Yeah. The original holds up as well as the day it was released. Like, that's, those, that's like one in a few movies that, like, I can watch like I can watch like several times over and over and still laugh as hard every single time. Mhm. Mm <laughs> mhm. Mm so, I definitely gonna definitely gonna check out the sequel. Like I have Amazon Prime, so I have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, just when when would you have a a nice when you have a it's not even a very long. It's not even two hours long. It's like an hour forty-eight, something like that. Okay. So it's uh, yeah. When you have a nice two hours, get yourself some snacks. <laughs> have fun. Most definitely. Fantastic. I was looking at the judgmental cat again. <laughs> I was thinking about what you said you, 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 that that you, the judgmental tac, cat was judging you for buying Tic Tacs, and I figured out why. Oh, you buying Tic Tacs? Why was you were you out eating ass again? <laughs> Do you know whose ass you was even eating? <laughs> oh, you don't. You buying Tic Tacs because you was eating someone's ass. You don't even know who they were. You are nasty. You are nasty, Tic Tac eating. If you're nasty and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> clap your damn hands because you're nasty and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I want to get uh, this, uh, this, uh, this song in. This, uh, this song was written... Uh, written and performed by Dolly Parton. It's about a man stealing tardy little ginger slut named Jolene. <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's that's the description verbatim. <laughs> man stealing tardy little ginger slut Jolene. <laughs> written on Holine. <laughs> Why not just say Holine? 
Holine, 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 Holine. <laughs> you nasty, dirty ho. Holine, Holine, Holine. Written on the same day as I Will Always Love You. Wrote those two songs in one day, Dolly Parton did. Wow. She was, uh, it, it was inspired by a redheaded bank uh, clerk who flirted with her husband, Carl Dean. Dolly doesn't like to sing it too often because it is based on some real emotions and a real life thing. Uh, do we have it queued up? Yep, got it ready to go. From 1973, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. is soft like summer rain and I cannot compete with you Jolene He talks about you in his sleep and there's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name Jolene And I can easily understand how you could easily take my man but you don't know I was thinking of that song because when uh, Dolly Parton got her vaccine, she uh, she changed the lyrics a little bit and was saying vaccine, 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 and and you know did a little little something to help encourage other people to to go out there and get their vaccine. So bless you, Dolly. I I like Dolly Parton. Again, I can't hear you on the mic. I keep forget- <laughs> I keep forgetting I turn I turn off my mic channel whenever the music's playing. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, um, 
Dolly Parton's the real deal, man. Yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. And she's like she is she is unrepentant in her beliefs. And she she doesn't care how she doesn't care what you think about her uh, philanthropic efforts, her her views on uh her views on Black Lives Matter or or anything. Take it or leave it. <laughs> She's supportive? Very. I I thought so. It's at any time like it's a country music star, you don't think they're gonna be supportive of blah blah blah. Dolly's like uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I do support blah blah blah. And she looks great. She looks fantastic, man. And and will have also unapologetic about if I can nip it, tuck it, <laughs> fluff it, I will. <laughs> and she's, and she, and like, she know, like, she knows, she knows that, uh, she knows how much, uh, her look can, uh, cause some, uh, some feelings. And it makes me think of one particular quote that, uh, that I'll never forget. Takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Takes a lot of money to look this cheap. Here's something I just thought about recently. An old, go- uh, old girlfriend of mine, um, Lynn Petrovic. We were together for, I think... About five years, which is, you know, used to be the maximum for me before Lucas. I never went more than five years with one person. And uh, her grandfather was an admiral or rear admiral in the Navy, which is quite impressive. And her father was a Navy captain, and his name was Kirk Petrovic. He was fucking Captain Kirk. His name was, he was Captain Kirk. And when I met him and I was like, and I was like, you're Captain Kirk? <laughs> like, I'm Captain Petrovic. He had no sense of humor about it whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing. He couldn't, I'm like, come on, can't you just be, you know, own that? <laughs> I'm, I'm Captain Petrovic. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, I understand he he took his his job and his position very seriously, but but you're Captain Kirk, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's absolute gold right there, man. Oh, oh, own that one. <laughs> but I came to find that he just didn't. He he wasn't very. To me, very, I mean, obviously, accomplished person. Obviously, you got to be pretty bright to get and got to work hard to get to these positions. I'll give him all that. He didn't seem all that in touch with his emotions. Um, I remember I, me and, and uh, Lynn, we, we adopted a dog together. Uh, we were living in California at the time in L.A. When I, I went out there because I wanted to get into the Screen Actors Guild, and Robert said, Downey Jr. Uh, this is one of the few times I called on him for help. 
and he said, I, I, I can help you, but I can't help you if you're in New York and I'm here. So I did actually move to Los Angeles. He did help me get into the Screen Actors Guild. Right Wonderful thing. Great, great thing to have happened. While we were there, we, um, we, got, we adopted this dog, Remy, together. And uh, when we broke up, uh, initially she got Remy in the divorce (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I was absolutely brokenhearted more over Remy. I have to say than over, than over the girlfriend. It's, it's terrible thing to say, but I'm just going to be truthful about it. Uh, Love her to this day. Love, love Lynn to this day. I think she's wonderful, but that's a big dog. (laughs) (laughs) So then she had to go somewhere, I think overseas somewhere where she couldn't bring, Remy, mm-hmm. and I got him. I got him. I got him for the rest of his wonderful life. He was he was half pit bull and half retriever. So if he tore off your arm, he'd bring it back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But uh, but not not a violent dog. Let me let me get a picture. Oh, a cute dog. <laughs> you see him? Yeah. See that smile? What a beautiful dog. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And you can see the pit bull, and you can see the retriever in him. Uh, yeah. Sweet, sweet dog. So, anyway, when when Remy passed, I couldn't find... I didn't have a current number for, for Lynn to, to let her know. So I called Captain Kirk, Captain Petrovic, because I had his number for some reason still. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm, I'm bailing. I'm just so much tears. I'm really sad. I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have a number for right now. Can you please, please let her know that Remy, he didn't suffer very long. <laughs> I will forward the message. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> no, so sorry for your loss. No, no, I just I will forward the message. He, he was, he is a man of action and seemingly very little else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are some people out there like exactly, <clears throat> exactly like that. I'm glad I'm not one of those people. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hey, folks, uh, be super cautious uh, with getting deliveries. Today, I noticed, well, I've noticed over the past couple of weeks, these the, a bunch of delivery people, they've taken over uh, uh, Bank of America, a small one where just a couple of ATMs. And there's, I see every day, there's about six of them or more hanging out in between their runs, uh, maskless, um, in a very small uh, area. Uh, If any one of them has the COVID, all of them do. Uh, It just, uh, what I'm seeing is is, uh, disconcerting, disconcerting. These are the people that are are coming to your door. Right. Uh, 
and they are they are absolutely not being cautious. They're being as cautious around each other as they are on the streets, which is not. And that's absolutely frustrating mm-hmm. and disconcerting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like to speak out against the folk, folks. You know, uh, we were calling them heroes, and the people that are being responsible that are delivering stuff are absolutely heroes, are absolutely heroes. But people who are putting themselves at unnecessary risk, people who are driving the wrong way on the sidewalk at super high speeds uh, and, and, and not being cautious in that manner, you, you lose your hero points when you do that shit. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's one thing that really, really frustrates me with, uh, with the delivery drivers on the scooters. Like, they... Like they drive, like I'm not gonna say all of them, but so many of them I see just drive with reckless abandon. Like, <clears throat> like I had rented a, uh, I had rented a scooter one day and was just uh, uh, riding around, and I see a delivery guy just shoot past me and down the bike lane. Almost got himself hit by an by an SUV uh, turning the corner. Like. You have no business in the uh, in the bike lane. You're not a bike. You're a scooter. You have a motor. A lot of these bicycles have motors. A lot of them. And you know, I was I was bitching about this for a long time, uh, and hoping to get some action done. That fight is over. I have lost that fight. I get it. Uh, the the motorized bicycles are going to be with us for uh, a, a while. And yeah, I know I lost that one. I know why I will lose that fight. But damn it, man, folks. Just use some common sense. Use some common sense. There's a damn nursing home on this block. And and anyway, it's it's ridiculously, ridiculously busy with that kind of stuff going on. But we are just about out of time. So uh, let me... And on a nice note, by thanking you, Calvin, for making this show happen on a technical end, by being so open about so many things, by being so fun to be around. Uh, Thank you for all of that. Thank you, folks at home, especially my sister, who gives me (laughs) real-time feedback. And we will see you uh, next week. New show every single Saturday. Show yourself some love. Show some love for those around you. 